This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is The Leader. Nothing prepares you for being the mayor of this global city over the last five years. Who could have predicted Brexit, a horrible tram crash in Sandilands, awful Grenfell Tower fire, the terrorist attacks in 2017, further era of austerity, and the last 14 months of this awful uh, pandemic. Uh, but throughout this time, I've been both impressed and proud and ins- actually inspired by Londoners' response. That's why I'm so confident about our future. Sadiq Khan there talking to the Evening Standard about the extraordinary five years he's had as Mayor of London. The public goes to the polls tomorrow to decide if he gets another four. The extra year of his first term, of course, being down to the pandemic, which delayed this election. It has been a very, very long campaign. Not everyone who started it made it to the end. But someone who's watched it all is our City Hall editor, Ross Lydell. And Ross, has that year-long delay made a difference to how this election is expected to play out now? Well, probably the final result is still going to be the same. It's still going to be a Sadiq victory. The most recent poll last night from YouGov did say the gap was narrowing. Our own poll in the standard, the one that opinion does for us, showed something similar but not quite as narrow a gap. But I think the big difference now in this 2021 poll compared to the 2020 poll that had to be abandoned due to the pandemic is the absence of two candidates. One is Rory Stewart, who was running as an independent. He's a former Tory cabinet minister who was quite an energetic force. And the other is Siobhan Benita, who was the Lib Dem candidate and also had previously run as an independent and done rather well. So this time round, both of those decided not to stay the course uh, and I think that's rather slightly diminished the field uh, without wishing to disrespect in any way those front runners who did stay the course or the new Lib Dem candidate, Louisa Porritt. I think most people would agree that the absence of Rory Stewart means that the actual race this time round has not been as exciting as it might have been 12 months ago. Is that in terms of just simply challenging politics and kind of raising the game and the debate on what the future of London should be? I think most people would agree that Rory Stewart is a fairly formidable individual. He's got an incredible record. Uh, you know, he's walked across uh, sort of Afghanistan in earlier times. We believe he potentially was in the uh, the armed forces working undercover. He never quite came good on the suggestions that he was some sort of British spy. Uh, but he, he was an impressive individual. 
you know, he reached high office within the Tory party. And uh, I think it's exactly somebody of his calibre that London would welcome as a mayor. Uh, Sadiq Khan has obviously become something of a political heavyweight himself now. And what Rory Shute may have done, uh, if he had been the Tory candidate, it could have been a Tory victory for all we know. The fact he was running as an independent meant that he was probably most likely to take votes from Sean Bailey and both would harm each other and Sadiq would come through the middle. It was certainly the case that uh, Sadiq was wary of having to debate with Rory Stewart in public. Uh, Rory is a formidable public speaker and somebody who's very well capable of sort of blue sky thinking. Probably the one thing this current campaign has lacked has been the, the big idea, the unusual thing, the really radical thinking to help London move forward. And quite possibly Rory might have brought that. Siobhan Benita may have uh, brought that too with a degree of authority as somebody who was a successful civil servant and had, uh, is a sort of impressive individual in her own right too. But Rory Stewart did drop out. And has that strengthened Sean Bailey's campaign? You talked about how it potentially could have weakened his vote. Did Rory Stewart dropping out in the end actually, was that a good thing for Sean Bailey? I think it was. I think if Rory had remained in place as an independent, Sean Bailey would have struggled to get much more than 20% of the vote. What seems to have happened in the last six to eight weeks is that Sean Bailey has at last gained traction with his own natural support. The core, the core Tory vote now seems to be willing to back Sean Bailey. And that seems to be through the sort of clarity of messaging he has at last achieved on the issue of crime, and in particular, violent crime. When polling started in March, it seemed that Sadiq Khan was partly gaining support from almost one in six natural Tory voters, but not enough of um, Conservatives in London were willing to give their man, as in Sean Bailey, their vote. The most recent poll shows that actually Sean Bailey is picking up more Tory votes and Sadiq Khan is picking up Labour votes. So hence the narrowing of the field. Sadiq has been shedding support slowly over the past few weeks, uh, whereas Sean Bailey is at last picking up support after rather flatlining. However, it is important to say there remains something of a large gap. Even the YouGov poll last night, which is the most favourable for Sean Bailey, put him 12 points behind Sadiq and also admitted that there's a sort of three-point uh, margin for error in all these figures. So actually, the idea that Sean Bailey is gaining ground on Sadiq may be something of a statistical mirage and come polling day tomorrow, Sadiq may well still uh, reach victory quite comfortably. And you spoke to Sadiq Khan earlier on today. Did he strike you as someone who's expecting to basically be going back to the office or maybe the home office <laughs> on, on Friday morning? Although the results won't be until the weekend, will they? Yes, the results are expected or they're anticipated on Saturday evening. However, the returning officer has issued another warning in the last 24 hours saying it's entirely possible it may be Sunday morning before she's able to declare the victor. So Sadiq was in Newham and in Leighton, where I caught up with him earlier this afternoon. And he seemed very chipper. Uh, he seemed... Uh, he was uh, busy chatting to some uh, residents who were out in the sunshine enjoying a coffee. He met a group of women cyclists from Waltham Forest. Uh, Francis Roden, Leighton, where he was visiting, is one of these 
uh, sort of beneficiaries of the sort of mini Holland policy that, to his credit, was brought in under Boris Johnson's mayoralty by Andrew Gilligan, who is his cycling czar. And basically, it's one of these lovely little high streets that has been largely closed to traffic and has allowed the, the shops to blossom uh, as a result of that. Uh, yeah, Sadiq was very happy today, uh, sort of chatting away. He gave some interviews as well. He was happy to chat to me at the end. Uh, to his credit, uh, despite some um, challenging scrutiny in the Evening Standard, shall we say, over the last couple of months, he's always been willing to stop and chat. And I asked him you know, whether he was set for a, a landslide, whether you know, winning in style was what he wanted, or whether now at the end of what's been a, a, a tiring campaign, shall we say, it was simply the case of just yeah, achieving victory. Uh, one thing it's fair to say he's also become very good at is not really answering the question that's posed. And he, he rather dodged that one, but he did say uh, decisions are made by those who turn up and a win is a win. So I think uh, even a narrow victory, he would definitely take that. Uh, he desperately wants another term. I think the reality is he'll probably win quite comfortably when it gets down to second preferences. The landslide that was predicted two months ago may not happen. Uh, but he should be home and dry comfortably if all the polls are to be believed. A really interesting question I, I thought that you put to him was just pointing out the extraordinary number of things that have happened in his five years as mayor. It has been an absolutely tumultuous time, isn't it? It's quite unbelievable when you think about it. You know, you, we're talking, uh, I was talking just before Sadiq arrived with one of his aides and just trying to put this in context. So, one of the first things that went wrong on Sadiq's watch was the terrible Croydon tram crash in which seven people were killed and 62 injured. And it's probably a mark of how crazy these past five years have been that the Croydon tram crash probably doesn't quite stick in the memory as much as it would because this is a sort of generational disaster. But following that, we had the various terror attacks, you know, whether on Westminster Bridge and two on London Bridge. Uh, we had, uh, you know, other terror attacks in Finsbury Park and on the train near Wimbledon. And then, of course, we had Trump being elected. Uh, we had the pandemic. We had Brexit. So Sadiq has been in charge through all this. Not all of that is something he could directly influence, but each incident did present its own challenges to London. And I asked him really, you know, what, throughout such a tumultuous time, whether his memoirs were going to be worth reading, he denied, he denied that he was actually keeping a diary. He said he'd been too busy. I'm not sure I entirely believe him. Um, but it's probably the case that memoirs are quite distant from his mind at present. He's probably got much higher ambitions. And uh, we may see more of that depending on how the Labour leader Keir Starmer does in these by-elections also taking place tomorrow in terms of Sadiq's own ambitions for number 10. Uh, but it's certainly fair to say he's faced challenges probably like no other uh, mayor has done uh, in the sort of 20-odd years of the London mayoralty. And you'll get the very best London mayoral election coverage across the Evening Standard from the newspaper to online via our YouTube channel. And of course, we will have all the analysis following the result right here on the Leader Podcast. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 
and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.